ten years in, and we bone like we're cheating on each other with each other. A decade plus, and her clit slash brown slash taint area still pones my dick. Now y'all know Kev Smith's a big old fat man, but did you know his favorite hero is Batman, the Dark Knight who punches dirty turkeys in the face? That's right, Cape Crusader. Punch all those turkeys. Punch them in their turkey necks. So once a week now, this no-fly list fatty's gonna put the food down and get chatty about batty, and this turkey gets wordy about Gotham like it's a real place. He ain't got time for his wife or daughter. This Catwoman's losing Batman and Carter. Go get a Cape Crusader. You want a pussy on now? Ha-ha! <laughs> get ready, turkeys. We gon' bat shit. Babbling bat the bat with old Kevin Smith. Now here's the fat man who loves Batman himself, Fat Kev Smith. Get on out here, turkey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to We Need to Talk About Kevin, uh, a podcast. I'm Ted. <laughs> uh, I'm Rose. I'm Trevor. Uh, and special and guest. And I'm Neil. Oh. Hey, <laughs> hold on a second. Hey, That's no. not how we do things over here. Uh-oh. Maybe on your podcast. <laughs> Joining us this week is uh, Neil Jacoby of multiple podcasts that I will just let you explain. Yeah, hi, I'm Neil Jacoby. I host Small Talk, Spall the only talk podcast and for two mature siblings. listeners. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I was just cutting <laughs> The just only podcast for two siblings talk about the life and career of British character actor Timothy Spall. And mature listeners, a uh, eulogy in audio for the Vertigo Comics line. And I came on here to talk about Kevin Smith's Batman run, and I am very sorry. Oh, wow. They're really trying to steal your, your job here, <laughs> Ted. <laughs> introducing, introducing the show for you. I just wanted to get my apology out there because of what I did. I'm, I'm ashamed of what I did to you. I mean, okay, so like, I accept it and I appreciate that. But don't feel bad because we have done this to so many people. We have had, we have asked so many people, some who don't even really know us, like, hey, watch this shitty fucking movie that you're going to hate and come on our podcast to talk about it for like two hours. Um, So, yeah, like, don't feel bad. In fact, it's almost um, retribution. To be fair, I think Neil had already read these comics multiple times. And in fact, I believe. Well, actually, no. Oh, no. Oh. Oh. This was actually my first time reading it. I just read them like four times in prep for this episode. Oh, well, that's why. Fucked up. That's 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 all on you. Uh, I don't yeah. <laughs> I I'm not I'm not taking responsibility for that. One of our earliest episodes, uh, we had Kurt Schiller on um, from Parents Just Don't Understand, and he said that he always watches the movie twice, whatever <laughs> podcast he's going to be on, and this was the I first cannot. time he didn't. And I was like, I've never even <laughs> no thought way. about watching any of these movies again. Oh, I've no, never absolutely. watched them twice. I would never take notes. Uh, whenever I hear about anyone taking notes, I'm like, why would I'm not taking notes on this shit? I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be a professional. I'm trying to be a, a a real, you know, a a Kevin Smith, uh, scholar. Um, a teacher never sat you down and said, pay attention. And from then on you paid attention. Uh, but, but that does bring me to a, a confession that I have to make with this. Uh, even though I am, uh, I do pride myself in my professionalism when, when it comes to Kevin Smith. Um, I definitely looked at every page. Of his books. <laughs> I can't say that I read. I, uh, <laughs> I had, had, had a feeling this was coming. I I, I start skimming, but but you know what? I, and I have to make this very clear. You know, for everyone at home, recently I was diagnosed with ADHD. So 
if you make fun okay? of me for this, then that's an ableism. <laughs> and Rose personally... Just... Rose doesn't know how to read, so... Uh, we're, we're not standing well, for that's that cool. on this podcast. She just looked at the pictures for this one, and that's close enough. Tonight, on a very special We Need to Talk About Kevin, <laughs> Rose makes a startling admission to the rest of the team. This is a very special episode, yeah. So we read Kevin's Batman comics for we this did. episode. He yeah. did two short series of Batman comics, Batman Cacophony and Batman the Widening Gyre. Uh-huh. And the reason why I started just skimming through them is that, my God, as soon as you open up, um, I think it was Batman Cacophony, there's barely art on the page because it's just all Kevin Smith dialogue. Like, it's just pages and pages and pages of Kevin Smith dialogue. And it it is so painful in in both comic series. To be fair... Would you rather see text or would you rather see Walt Flanagan art? Uh, art, because I can go through it faster. That's, honestly, it's <laughs> a really, really tough call. Uh, Incredibly tough. These comics were also illustrated by Kevin's friend, Walt Flanagan, who is just a terrible artist. It, the art Atrocious. is really, really bad. Yeah. It's perfectly terrible art to match uh, Kevin's awful writing. I didn't know it was uh, his friend that was doing it. I didn't know that. That makes yeah. a lot of sense because... Uh, Not really a professional comic artist. Yeah. I don't think he's ever... I don't think he's ever illustrated another comic outside of Kevin getting him this job. If you read the uh, the introduction to Cacophony... The, the, I did, uh, not, did not read it. No. Nope. Skipped, right, skipped nope. right past that. <laughs> no, so first of all, Kevin does it himself. Never a good sign, but not whatever. Um, and he, he talks about how like he finally got the chance to write Batman and the only person he could think of to draw it is the friend who got him into comics, who is not a professional comics author or artist who just does it like in his spare time, like as a hobby and probably not even that much. I don't know. He's a grown man. Who knows if he's still doing it. And you can tell it is. Well, he's a grown man who works in a comic shop on a reality show. Oh shit. We haven't watched that show yet. I didn't realize that was him. Um, There's one panel in this, in uh, in one of the comics (laughs) where your Joker is in the hospital and he's wearing a quote-unquote disguise, which is a nasty-ass pube-looking beard. It's not a and disguise. See, you no, didn't read. You didn't read, the, you didn't read no, the comic. He says he says that it's like a disguise. No, it's not a disguise. Batman's wearing a disguise. Look, you clearly didn't read it. The, okay, the well, time he has... he's been in the hospital for a while, and he's grown a beard. That's a real beard. They don't let you okay, put there's... disguises on when you're like in the hospital in police custody. <laughs> I thought it was a joke that he was pulling. No, it's the Joker. It's, no, Batman. Batman was the one wearing the disguise. If you read it, you'd know that. But look, b- before we dive too much into all the awful, I things, had to say though that that was okay. the nast. That's the nastiest image I think I've Disgusting. seen in a comic. It's a terrible beard. Uh, Neil compared this image of the Joker to the uh, famous anti-Semitic Happy Merchant image, and that's dead Ooh. on. The yeah. Joker looks just like that with this terrible beard that oh, Walt Flanagan drew. Possible anti-Semite Kevin's friend? We don't know. But before we get too much into all the terrible things about these comics, uh, we have to mention that on the subject of Batman things that aren't good, uh, we've also started <laughs> a very special uh, premium podcast miniseries called Batman Be Gone, which... 
at the time that you're listening to this is now available through our brand new Patreon page. If you sign up uh, at the, we need to talk. I haven't made it yet <laughs> as I'm recording this, but it'll probably it'll probably be called "We Need to Talk About Kevin" the Patreon page. <laughs> so you can we'll provide the links. Don't worry. Uh, so if you sign up there for five dollars a month, you will gain exclusive access. Uh, to our Batman Begone miniseries, the first episode of to which our is available DMs. now, uh, to Ted's DMs. Um, yeah, but this is a mini <laughs> podcast where we dissect the Christopher Nolan Batman film trilogy, uh, do a critical reevaluation of those deeply overrated movies, and uh, really pick Hell them yeah. apart. Figure out what it works about the movies, if anything and what's actually really bad about them and try to figure out why uh, these movies were so beloved and such a huge cultural event. Uh, and we're going to be doing a lot more cool stuff on the Patreon in the future. Batman Begone is just the first of many uh, special podcast events we'll be doing that have nothing to do with Kevin Smith. I want to make that clear. Yes. The bonus, <laughs> all of this Kevin Smith bullshit will still be free every week or yeah. so. Because much like a podcast, like, you know, like citations needed or something, we, we recognize the value of providing this educational resource, of providing you with I don't, Kevin honestly. Smith uh, <laughs> analysis, Kevin. you know, week by week. Uh, we know how important it is. Uh, may I offer a suggestion? We sure. If this Patreon feed will be about topics that are not related to Kevin, uh, I would suggest that the name of the Patreon should be "We Need to Talk About Something That Isn't Kevin." <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> we need to talk about something else. <laughs> a little bit long. A little bit long. Uh, and there's the whole name recognition thing as it relates to the podcast. We'll figure it out. The link will be yeah. in the description. We've got a marketing guy one. on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like. The podcast will be the Patreon will be like we need to to talk about Kevin is creating podcasts, but like the name exactly. of the feed. Yeah, there you go. It'll be probably it will probably be something like that. So that's a good <laughs> that's a good note. Those are the words of a person with more than one podcast. But, it, but anyway, <laughs> the first uh, the first thing we're doing is called Batman Be Gone, and we're gonna have a lot more uh, different stuff in the future. We all really wanted to talk about anything other than Kevin Smith. Uh, so if you want to throw us a little bit of money and hear us talk about things that are frankly a lot more interesting than Kevin Smith's career, uh, check us out at patreon.com slash something. Uh, and now back to the show. Batman be gone. <laughs> uh, well, real quick, just Trevor, maybe like take off your headphones or something. Um, we are raising this money to force Trevor to go to a Kilroy was here Kevin's Road show. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Rose and I will also be there, of course, but the most of the money is going to be going to like straight jackets and other various sort of <laughs> coercive measures um, to use on our good friend Trevor. Mm -hmm. So if you want to, and we'll videotape the whole thing, like, you know, make sound effects out of it or whatever. But anyway, uh, onto the show. <laughs> anyway, Kevin Smith's version of Batman, I have to say, is even worse than Christopher Garbage. Nolan's version of Batman. Leagues it worse, sucks. really. It's so, oh it's God. so the, bad. <laughs> the one thing that is like going to be stuck in my brain forever, and like the whole time I was reading this, it was like just like a pebble in your shoe or something. He keeps having Batman say "son of a" like S O V A. Why the fuck? 
Batman's never said that. Well, like, it's, it's just like Kevin what? Smith saying like cats and flicks. It's like it, it, it's this. Uh, what, what do you call it when someone really forces a certain affect? Uh, it's this like affectation. Yeah, and you you can tell <laughs> that it's not like natural at all. It just feels very weird. I mean, everybody talks in these comics like Kevin Smith characters. At one point, the Joker says "natch." Uh, which is I don't even know what that fucking means. That's like some like shithead New, Jer- New Jersey uh, thing. Like it's Awful. something. It's not something the Joker would ever say. It's like Jay. It's like a Jay and Silent Bob thing. Maybe that's why the Joker's so twisted. Everyone in these comics talks like Snagglepuss if he yes. sm- smoked weed. It's so weird. They're all doing shtick all the time, and yeah. it's so it's so weird because Kevin's. He's clearly like trying to be serious and uh, the whole uh, all of these comics. So Cacophony is a three issue series and the widening Geyer was six issues of a planned 12 issue series that he never got to finish. (laughs) Thank God. Uh, And all throughout all of them, they're narrated by Batman and he really tries to do the like frank miller kind of pulpy noir like narration style but he can't resist the urge to put in a bunch of bad sticky like jokes that bat was like why are you having batman talk this way like, and, and so much of the shit that he puts in has been done before but then the way he writes it is like oh, oh my god. god he hits all the tropes he hits yeah. all the huge batman tropes all the most annoying things, like if you've read Batman comics from the last 20 years or so, all the most annoying tendencies of them are here, but it's Kevin's even shittier version of them. It's so bizarre. I would like to narrow that down further. If you have read Batman comics within the last uh, two or three years, you've read basically the exact story of Batman the Widening Geyer, because Tom King's Batman and the relationship between Batman and Catwoman is basically everything that Kevin is trying to do with Widening Geyer, except done marginally better. In in Cacophony, it's like Kevin Smith is trying to do his killing joke or something. Which, like, we've yes. already seen so many different people do their version of that. Like, every fucking Joker story now has to be some kind of big philosophical thing about the relationship between Batman and the Joker. And Kevin spends a whole issue, a whole third of this run doing that and having Batman and Joker have this awful cloying conversation where joker's like sincere because he's on drugs in the hospital and it's like it's the absolute worst shit like i've ever read it's insanely bad (laughs) i can't say that because i recently read what not to go back well i I have to go back to tom king here but there is a (laughs) two issue arc where joker uh, wants an invitation to Batman's wedding, and Christ. so he goes into a wedding and kills all the people in the wedding to get Batman to come, so he can have like a conversation with him about why he does what he does and love. Oh and he brings God. up Saint Augustine because for some reason Joker's a fucking Catholic in Tom Jesus King's Christ. Batman. <laughs> Even Kevin Smith didn't do that. Oh, Tom King's Batman is so fucking bad. But this is not what the podcast is about. This is about <laughs> Kevin Smith's Batman. That's a whole other podcast that maybe we'll do someday if people like hearing us talk about batman (laughs) on patreon.com then maybe (laughs) yeah we'll have you back on neil but that'll be a premium episode yeah (laughs) and this time we would make rose actually read the comments Uh, no (laughs) i would never do that (laughs) 
you're right. Forcing a girl, for, forcing a girl <laughs> to read is cruel and unusual. So I, I take it back. There's a two page spread where Batman talks about how he got the idea to be Batman while doing self harm. Okay, okay, we can't. Oh there's gosh. no time to get into that. There's too much to talk about with these nine horrible Batman issues we read. Yeah, should we give like a little rundown of the plots? Yeah, on? I was hoping you. Uh, would, well, before Ted. we get into the plots, I was thinking we could list the co-conspirators because Good. this was sure. just committed by Kevin Smith and Walt Flanagan. People aided and abetted this. Uh, Sandra Hope was the inker on Batman Cacophony. And okay, for some well, reason, I'm not going to put workers on blast for just doing their jobs. <laughs> Come on. Oh, they were just following orders. Have you ever heard of the Nuremberg trials? Trevor? I thought I thought you were going to talk about like the editors and the people that allowed it to happen. I didn't know we we're going to talk inkers. Every page I go to that runs down the creative staff of Batman Cacophony completely omits the editorial staff. On the Widengar <laughs> Wikipedia page, they will list Dan DiDio, Mike Martz, and, Jeanette, and Janelle Siegel as the editors that brought this into being, but there is nothing to be seen on the page for Cacophony. Wow. They, they, have, they have scrubbed their participation in that. <laughs> it's an, it's an, Alan, an Alan Smithy situation. They had their names taken <laughs> off the project. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, we begin with uh, Batman Cacophony, which is the, the first Batman series that Kevin read. Uh, I want to be clear, in the introduction... <laughs> it is not the first one that he's read. Clearly. Fuck me, clearly I am not. the worst. All right. He's um, a Batman expert, he's read them all. Motherfucker. <laughs> Fat Man on Batman. He went so um, far as to have a character from a late 70s Steve Englehart Batman comic uh, re- <laughs> recount her entire backstory complete oh with, like, halu- with, with like flashback iconography of a jokerized donkey and elephant. Yeah, this is maybe the thing that's most upsetting and offensive to me about his whole this whole thing, especially uh, the Wyden and Geyer, is that it's full of Kevin just trying to show off how much he knows about the lore and history mm-hmm. of Batman. All of these flashbacks that serve no narrative purpose apart from just being like showing you that Kevin knows all of the eras of Batman's past and stuff. And yet somehow he has absolutely no handle on the character of Batman, how Batman should behave, how he should talk, who Batman is. Like, none of it makes any sense. No. But Ted was about to recount the plot for us. Yes. So... (laughs) In the introduction to Cacophony... The the, intro- uh, uh, we're going to go through the introduction? Well, it's, impo- it's important. Um, okay. The, the introduction to Cacophony, uh, Kevin says that, you know, it's the first Batman comic he got to write and that it's not very good. He says that in the introduction <laughs> oh, no. to his own goddamn book. Come on, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I was pissed off. I had not... Looked at the art yet? I was pissed off. Wait, you um, mean to tell me he thinks the comic he wrote, where the Joker uh, accepts a briefcase full of money, thinks that he's get uh, being paid to do gay sex work, says, uh, "I better warn you, I top, I bottom from the top," when he clearly means to say top mm-hmm. from the bottom, and then bend over, <laughs> waiting to be fucked in the ass. God, he doesn't yeah. think he doesn't think that this was his best work. No, in fact, he says this was more of like like a like a prototype for what would be his best. Work. Oh, and fuck he says that. You. Oh my god! He says this is, and keep in mind, this is before he had written 
widening gyre. He's like, this will be my best work. The next one will be good. <laughs> well, this was just pla- well, this was just planting the seeds, as we find yeah, out in the yeah. bit in the big twist at the at the end of widening gyre. That was supposed to be the midpoint of widening gyre. You cats think this is good. You ain't seen nothing yet. I'm going to put all my Batman knowledge into my next work. It's going to be my masterpiece. Jesus Christ. God, I fucking hate this man. Fucking A, man. I know so much about Batman. Sorry, uh, Ted. You're about to start explaining the plot. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. So, But one last thing. In the, in the introduction, he explains that it's going to be a 12-issue Maxis series, as, of course, now we know that it did not make it to 12 issues. Oh, no. Then you turn the page, and of course, uh, the comic starts. Well, well, I, I don't know if this will be shocking to people, but apparently Kevin had some trouble meeting his deadlines, uh, writing these terrible comics, possibly to the point where DC decided that they didn't even want to work with him anymore and didn't oh, care about oh finishing the series. You mean Kevin Smith, who famously took four years to publish six issues of a Spider-Man Black Cat comic? I haven't even heard of that. Isn't good at meeting deadlines? Another thing we'll eventually have to read and talk about. Every 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 day, uh, I find out about a new cursed piece of Kevin Smith media that now just like invades my life. I know it's coming eventually. One day, I will have to read it. I'm sorry, Rose. You've made me watch so much shit that I never wanted to watch, and I don't think you get to complain about reading comic books. <laughs> I, I want to say before we dive in, actually, um, that um, I assume that you're all like big comic fans <laughs> i want to, like I, yes probably yeah. to varying uh, yeah, degrees I, so. I feel like neil probably has the most comics knowledge okay. of any of us here i i'm experienced yes, with comics sure. but i i would put heavy asterisks around comic yeah. fan i i'm specialized i have my likes and dislikes mm. i i don't like all the comics but i i, I have my areas of expertise I'll, I'll say I'm in a similar boat. I, I'm a DC fan. I've read a fair amount of stuff, but I'm not like a, I've never really been an obsessive comic reader. I, there's I, yeah. tons of stuff I've never read. I have read some pretty bad Batman stuff, though. And this there are authors that I like and definitely that's takes the cake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my experience with with comic books is like I, I grew up like mostly in the country. I didn't really see many comic books around but um i did start getting a little bit into them because my uh, siblings bought me like a few quote-unquote graphic novels whatever you call them so i've actually checked out like some of the bigger works um like i like watchmen is one of my favorite books and i love uh superman red sun i found very fun and i've read some batman stuff specifically are uh, specifically Killing Joke by Alan Moore, because I'm a huge Alan Moore fan. That is actually where I do know some comic stuff. And um, the thing is that I've never, I guess, experienced a truly awful comic. And this one reflects um, Killing Joke in so many ways that it was like, it, it stood in such stark contrast where I was like, oh, that's like the highs and the lows of Batman, <laughs> like right up next to each other. It's like a funhouse mirror, you could say. Yeah, Very much nice. two sides of the same coin. Killing Joke is uh, one of those things that's like become 
incredibly overrated as like part of it's not a bad comic by any means it's certainly not one of alan moore's best but i mean no, it's, it's a fine it's 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 fine for what it is but it's like it's the most fucking emulated thing in yeah. all yeah. of in all in the past 30 40 years of batman history and it's so fucking tiresome that's like a problem that both <laughs> alan moore as an author has and batman as a character has is that like things are constantly going to be emulated. Yeah. So I think combining them in any <laughs> yeah. aspect is just, you're begging for it. Alan Moore's yeah. greatest <laughs> curse is that he's able to just write incredible stories that everybody wants to imitate. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like in Scott Snyder's Batman run, which is also pretty bad, although it has some high points, like he has a whole fucking Joker arc which it's is terrible so bad, it's so oh it's so bad and it that was so i got into comics reading his court of owls which then went into whatever they called it with the joker that ripped his face off death right. of the family oh yeah right because it has to be a reference to another fucking arc e everything has to be <laughs> like a reference to some past <laughs> comics event like everything is something crisis or like whatever <laughs> it, like stuff like that i actually do know a bit about just because um even though i couldn't access comics i did end up you know reading wikis and stuff like that on on batman oh, yeah. and all these characters and just like absorbing pure lore uh yeah. basically so i definitely got that you know um that this was an extremely derivative and like self-referential series of comics in the obnoxious way that kevin smith is with um yeah film culture and movies yeah well the thing is that derivative shit is has been so prevalent in Batman especially, but in DC Comics in particular over the past yeah. couple of decades. Right. And Kevin Smith's sensibility, which is purely derivative, combined with that, you just get the absolute worst <laughs> permutation of it. Yeah. But we have so much to talk about. Ted, please, <laughs> please tell us what okay. these comics are right. about. So of the three-issue miniseries Cacophony, um, basically the general plot is Joker gets broken out of jail uh, by this mysterious new villain who only speaks in onomatopoeia. Yeah, is that right? very annoying gimmick. He repeats okay. the sounds that everything makes. That's his whole and weird I, thing. I think I've read that gimmick in a comic before. I don't know if that's true, so I'm not going to go on about that. But oh, Neil just posted no, this awful no, picture. No, we're not. We're, <laughs> I, I, yeah, not getting distracted. N Neil um, is trying to derail us, I think. <laughs> This is a saboteur act. Um, anyway. I, I'm trying to channel the chaotic energy of the Joker. Yeah, we've got our very own Joker in, in, on this pod. Uh, our second, even. Yeah. Um, shout out to Vera. Um, <laughs> anyway. Anyway, this villain, it turns out, broke the Joker out of jail as in, as a way to like distract Batman so he could kill Batman. Um, basically, just a bunch of dumb shit happens. He keeps referencing other Batman comics. There's not a lot of plot except for what I described in this first one. Um, and it ends with uh, this new villain who I don't know if we're ever given a name. Uh, I, I think the who, name is Onomatopoeia. This is a already existing villain from his Green Arrow run. Oh, Jesus of course. So this, this is his baby. Ugh, it's so lame. Okay. Th and this character's whole thing is that for some reason uh, he's hunting down uh, heroes who aren't don't have superpowers. Guys like Batman yep. or Green Arrow. The Sonomatopoeia Catman, he's my creation. Ugh. I birthed him out of my man womb and shit. <laughs> oh, come on. 
This is supposed to be a safe place. Um, <laughs> the Widening Guy are, of course, a very heady literary reference to the William uh, Butler Yeats poem. Well, hang on. I, we're not even there yet. Hang on. We didn't even talk about the Joker blowing up a school. Whatever. Yeah, the Joker, like, blows up a school, kills a bunch of children. Who cares? There's a bunch of very unnecessary sex stuff, lots of sex work gags. Yeah. Uh, sex workers getting murdered you for expect. no reason. And we'll get into that more later. Kevin stuff. Yeah. The conclusion of this series is um, Onomatopoeia fatally wounding Joker and then running away. Oh, and Batman has to oh make a terribly hard decision. Ugh. It's a very hard decision to make. He must decide off. between saving the Joker or going after the bad guy. And you will never guess what he picks. It's the absolute worst version of this uh, uh, scenario, which we've <laughs> seen a billion fucking times. Yeah. The whole thing like, oh, Batman is against killing. And even though he really hates this or that villain, he has to save their life. But it's like. The Joker just needs medical treatment. And first of all, he gets into a whole argument with Commissioner Gordon about whether he should let Joker die, which obviously he should. Gordon's <laughs> clearly in the right here. But beyond that, the Joker just needs a fucking paramedic. He doesn't need Batman to personally carry him to the hospital. Go fucking chase after the... Bat what, the whole thing that Batman Your is good for... Your fucking job! Batman, what Batman is good for is beating up bad guys. Go fucking chase after the bad guy. Let a doctor deal with the dying uh, psychopath enemy of yours. Commissioner, I've got to save him. Even ever since we discontinued the EMS service, I've been the only <laughs> ambulance in the city. It creates a situation where it's so unreasonable for Batman yeah. to be making this decision where the Joker is basically just about to die. Like mm. basically the Joker just got killed. And Batman is like, instead of fucking doing my job and stopping this guy who wants to kill me and will kill lots of other people and people I love, I need to like revive the Joker. It's more important for me to bring this evil uh, madman back from the dead than try to stop this guy, this other bad guy. Insane. Ugh. It sucks. So then moving on to uh, the widening gyre, which until Trevor pointed out, is to some the William stupid, Butler, yeah. BA, <clears throat> the second coming by, sorry. <laughs> um, Love that poem. I thought it was just like a sort of sex thing because, you know, That's I know how Kevin. I oh, well, it's many. <laughs> I don't know fucking poems, I but I've been forced to know Kevin. Rife with many interpretations. Yeah. So clearly it can be a reference to. Well, uh, um. <laughs> but so basically this comic has the same plot of onomatopoeia i mean basically like okay so, but that's oh but that's a twist don't don't no spoilers it's a twist yeah don't sorry sorry <laughs> there's a new hero in town and his name is baphomet and he wears a yeah. goat mask yes yeah. and batman has a girlfriend yeah. uh silver saint Ooh. john who is from silver saint cloud I don't, fuck whatever yeah silver little saint james island Oh yeah, the Widening Guyer is so fucking Pizzagate. It's so QAnon. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Batman, Batman and his wealthy socialite girlfriend are constantly going back and forth from their private island to just hang out. <laughs> Which is called Little St. Cloud. Like, I don't know if the Little's in there, but it's in I don't think it's Little. It's St. Cloud because that's her family name. And Batman <laughs> famously has a, a f fucking little boys that he dresses up. I mean, I know that's the stupidest reference to make, but... Well, first of all, Kevin has to reach for all of the darkest possible shit 
shit. So the first issue of this comic opens with a Nazi supervillain yeah. committing a hate oh. crime in yeah. a synagogue on Yom Kippur. <laughs> And this is just a a uh, flashback that's illustrative of nothing and doesn't serve the plot at all. Feels well, it's need... illustrative of the relationship between Batman and Nightwing, which is barely followed up on. So it's a flashback to when Nightwing is young and he's still Robin. This Nazi shows up in a synagogue in Yom Kippur, incinerates the rabbi, and then little 12-year-old Robin is there wearing a yarmulke, holding these fancy ancient uh, Torah scrolls, and like doing shtick and making making Jew jokes and saying Yiddish and stuff. And it's like, that's you're, just how kids you're intervening be, in an act of racial terrorism right now. <laughs> this <laughs> is not, super hate crime. This is not the appropriate not uh, uh, posture to be taking. Like, what are you doing? Well, you don't remember when allied forces kicked down the gates of the death camps and shouted, Hey, where's all the wiener schnitzel? <laughs> yeah, but anyway, issue, issue two, it's pedophiles. It opens with a completely unrelated, irrelevant uh, adventure where a pedophile is attacking a theme park to abduct kids. Uh, yep. By issue three, we got like a psychotic, satanic cannibal guy. And the new hero who Batman becomes friends with is named Baphomet, like the fucking yeah. uh, yep. goat god worshipped by the evil pedophile cabal. This is so, yeah. and this is from 2010. This stuff wasn't like really in the zeitgeist yet. So Kevin was kind of ahead of the curve. And we got lots of references to uh, religion sprinkled throughout and obviously poetry too, because this is, you know, like Kevin said, the first one, you know, that was just a, a warm up. Cophony is a warm up. Widening yeah. Dyer, like this is the magnum opus. Ugh. Oh yeah, this is... It's it's thick with literary uh -huh. references, with me. He loves to show off how much he knows about various religions and mythologies. It really <laughs> reminds me of um, when he describes Jay and Silent Bob as those two Shakespearean characters. Um, yep. Oh my gosh, what 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 is it? Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Yes, exactly. Oh. It felt exactly like that, um, but many many times over. Uh, fun fact. A copy of this comic was found in that satanic Airbnb, and it was the okay. only thing actually worthy of alarm. <laughs> I would have gotten right out of there. Oh, yeah. I would have, asked I would have demanded my money back immediately. That's I do not right. want to be around a physical copy of, of this thing. So um, with Batman the Widening Geyer, I will I will agree with Kevin in that um, cacophony is... Oh, okay. sorry. <laughs> Cacophony <laughs> is is definitely just is a very redundant, uh, you know, killing joke type comic. This is much more of a Kevin Smith uh, production, and it has such a list of, um, you know, weird Kevin things that we've come to know. Um, of course, weird sex shit is top of the list. We have a weird stuff with pussy eating, uh, weird yep. stuff oh with people. Oh my God, dude. Um, we have pedophilia, lots of weird sex shit. Batman, I mean, Kevin is obsessed with Batman's sex life. It's the yeah. primary preoccupation because like we said, he's constantly referencing all these bits and pieces from the lore and the history, none of which substantially play into the story I, itself. The one thing, the one major preoccupation that runs throughout the whole series 
is Batman fucking? How good <laughs> Batman is at fucking? Yeah. The, his girlfriend. How much gay. everybody wants to fuck Batman? His girlfriend's nickname for him yeah. is DD. She calls him <gasps> DD for the whole series. Oh, we don't know why. Sucks. Finally, in issue six, she reveals to Alfred that DD stands for double digits. Because one time, a long time ago, uh, when Batman made Silver come 11 times in one night, and he's been nicknamed Double Digits ever since. A totally real, normal thing that a woman (laughs) would call a man that, the man that she loves, is call him DD for Double (laughs) Digits. Yeah. I I was very surprised when that happens, because my personal theory was that it stood for Double Dash, and the first time they fucked, they were playing Mario Kart. (laughs) It's so weird. Like, Kevin, he doesn't even try to, I guess a little bit towards the end, with there's one very weird incident, but in general, he barely tries to create any tension between Batman's like uh, secrecy and and kind of isolated persona <laughs> with him opening up and being romantic. Yeah. He's just he's this very romantic figure. Like mm-hmm. Ke- Kevin, like Why? really needed Batman to like be earnestly in love and happy yeah. and stuff. And it's like so weird. And he doesn't even like he doesn't even try to play up the tension at all between maintaining a romance this year. Also, Silver is like endlessly understanding and accommodating of mm-hmm. him having a double life. It's never a conflict for her. <laughs> Not only that, she constantly fucking says that it's never a problem. Yeah, it's, it's so- like all her dialogue. It's like, don't worry that you're a little so freak not a who person. goes out to beat up people at night. I don't care. She's such a Ugh. fucking idealized, perfect girlfriend yeah. for Batman. There's no humanity in this character at all. She's just there to be sexually dazzled by mm-hmm. him and 100% understanding and patient with him no matter what. Even when, in a burst of paranoia, uh, worried that Silver might be like a robot sent to spy on him or something, he... He he very violently uh, assaults her, grabs her, yanks her by the hair just to pull a strand of hair out and test her DNA to make sure she's not a robot. And she's not even upset for a second. She's immediately like, it's okay, I understand. Your job's very stressful. Like... There are like a million other ways you could have gone about that. You could have secretly taken her hair while she was sleeping. You could have asked her nicely for some hair. Like, he did it in the most violent, horrible possible way. And she didn't even have any hesitation about immediately being like, that's fine that you did that to me. I have I have a few opinions on uh, this was the most fascinating stuff to me like my yeah. God um because uh, here because here's the first point that I want to make so we've seen Kevin do many romances they've always been weird oh yes they've always felt inhuman but there's but it's different this time right because this time he is not writing like some schlub who has to get it together he's writing Batman so he's mm-hmm. writing like the most idealized version of what he thinks like a hot, cool dude's sex life is yeah. <laughs> where he's like constantly slamming these hot, uh, these hot girls who have like barely oh, any personality. Um, and he too has barely any personality. He's boring as shit. Um, and then the, the second thing I want to point out is that also that these these are very important scenes because they establish that Batman is not gay. He's not gay. He's not. Batman's not okay? gay. He's yeah. not Batman gay. fucks. All, all the worst tendencies of like later Frank Miller, like in All Star Batman and Robin, 
but uh, with- where Frank Miller has be- it has has like every woman being horny for Batman and Batman <laughs> having sex with everybody. But it has like it's, none it- of the like. Because I, I like All-Star Batman and Robin. It has oh, none I, of the charm. I do, too. Even it, it's, it's a very weird comic. I, I think it's a lot of fun, but it's like Kevin read that, and it's like, oh, yeah, Batman's so angry and, and violent and mean in this. I don't like that stuff, but I like the stuff where he fucks a lot and never wants to fuck him. <laughs> should include that in my Batman. <laughs> oh. the, the other part that needs to be mentioned, too, is... My God, Walt Flanagan's drawings oh, of women. Oh, man. It's so bad. Oh, wow. Wow, In, my God. When I first started <laughs> The Widening Guy for like a moment, I was almost tricked into thinking that he'd gotten like a little bit better. But it's like, it seems like uh-huh. they got the inker and the colorist to work really, really hard to try to clean <laughs> up his, his, his drawings. Like, because in... In the first one, it's just really on display how childish and bad the art is. But it seemed like for the Widening Geyer, because it was like this prestige maxi series, they really tried to dress up his terrible art and make it look good. But like once you get a few pages in, like the cracks start to show. <laughs> um, in the previous comic, too, a bit unrelated, but also I thought that uh, the drawings of Zaz. Uh, we're like a bomb. Oh, God, have been so in, in bad. I didn't realize that was Zaz for so long. I want to bring that up because Zaz specifically, it's like drawing Spider-Man or something like that. There's so much line work that goes into it and you can, you can just <laughs> tell it's not there. Oh my God. <laughs> it looks like, it looks worse than a high schooler's drawing. Like, not professional. Even in like the most disgusting, awful drawings, even the ones that are like fine, which I mean, they're not fine. They are the most static drawings I've like ever seen. Like there's no movement or action in any of these. Like, I don't understand how that stuff works. I'm not an artist. I'm a dumb guy, but like there's nothing like each looks like, like they're a fucking wax figure or something. It's, it's so insanely unbelievable to move from panel to panel. Oh, it's so fucking hard to read. There's, I, I was furious reading this. There's so many like fan artists I see online, just drawings of comic book characters by, you know, amateur art that are like a thousand times better than anything in either of these books. And it's so funny that this loser, just because he's one of Kevin Smith's loser friends, got to get dragged along to get a real job uh, doing art for this terrible book. Yeah, yeah. Is it nine issues total? Because that's like, I mean, doing nine issues for DC... That's a big fucking yeah. dick. <laughs> Would have been um, uh, whatever nine plus six is, 15, if uh, if Kevin had been able to honor his, his commitments. Yeah. Oh, there was one There was one thing in, this, in these <laughs> comics, too, that was brought up that I'm now realizing I think I'm going to have to add to uh, the list of, like, weird Kevin things. Uh, Kevin's also weird about drugs. Oh, He's a bit God. of a nerd. Yeah, what the fuck is up with that? Yeah. Total, just completely unnecessary inclusions of weed references. Like in the scene with Poison Ivy, uh, she's synthesizing THC as part of her uh-huh. attempt to seduce Batman. And oh boy, does she want to seduce Batman? Uh, and and Joker's toxic venom is like turned yeah. into a street into a drug or something. Drug, yeah. It's it's. It feels like some. It feels like a comic that's written by uh, the Dare program. Like jo- Joker starts giving out designer drugs oh. that make 
Crazy. Joker venom is supposed to be fear, not rock. That's a kegger. Yeah, that's awful. a pretty good handle, Joker. That is a good Joker. Well, thank uh, you. Nice. <laughs> it's yeah, really awful hearing, see, not hearing, but seeing Joker say stuff <laughs> like that. Keg, I feel like kegger comes up a lot. I yeah, what the, the phrase fuck? the phrase grinding my gears gets repeated a lot throughout <laughs> these comics in with different meanings and different contexts. Like every character loves to say that things are grinding gears in one way or another. Very weird. Um, the most like annoying thing to me was in the in the Poison Ivy scene. Batman goes to Arkham Asylum and like, oh my god, the whole place been taken over by plants. Like he wouldn't fucking know. Come on. Um, and then he, Batman essentially turns to the camera and says this reminds me of the time swamp thing came to oh Gotham. my there's so much <laughs> oh. there's so much of that the, there's and that just, like that bothered me especially because that's my favorite like comic of all time is alan moore's swamp thing runs and i think that's one of the best oh. parts of it is when swamp thing goes to gotham and fights batman because there's funny. so many long oh. digressive uh, bits of narration that are just him being like much like this other time when i saw this villain and that's like clearly just kevin reciting a reference to something that happened in comics there's nothing it doesn't this just vaguely relates to what's happening <laughs> there's no <laughs> reason to do it <laughs> Another Joker line, because I was trying to remember what he says, like when he when he pulls off his mask at that concert where everyone's doing Joker drugs and he says, uh, I'm not going to do a Joker voice. I'm sorry. He says, I'm Prometheus. I bring you fire from Olympus. And it's like, Cringe. it's not it's it's not even funny. It's such a heavy handed reference. Kevin has read Alan Moore and appreciates the fact that there's yeah. all these like esoteric references and mythological stuff in them, but doesn't yeah. doesn't understand that this is used for some sort of thematic purpose and just thinks it's really cool to stuff as much like uh, uh, re religious oh God, and totally mythological right. stuff into a, a, co a story <laughs> as you can for no fucking reason. Yeah, it's like um, a, a Joker saying I am Prometheus is like um, an Ozymandias like uh, talks about um, the Ozymandias poem. Yeah, uh, that's how, that's how he imagines yeah. it as having like that kind of depth and, and weight to it. Kevin is the kind of guy that reads Watchmen and is like, damn, fucking Ozymandias is so cool. But so is Rorschach. I wonder like I wonder who I like more. Like that's that's his in-depth, which is a fine way to be. I I'm not gonna begrudge anybody for not like diving into the billion like the depth of Watchmen. Like thirteen. If you're if you're thirteen <laughs> or just a dumb guy, like that's you know that's okay. But like if you're writing the stuff, you know, bad, not good. I don't. Yeah. Well, man, like yeah, yeah. I I, I like the I like you know Ozymandias and Rorschach and shit. But like what I've always thought, <laughs> wouldn't it be great? If you can get in a room with Dr. Manhattan and just smoke some of that primo kush, that... <laughs> it's going to be about life, man, and shit, and the universe and all that, all that jazz. That cat would have so much to say, man. If Kevin wrote a, like, Watchmen spinoff or, like, one-off or something, can you even imagine the sheer number of jokes about Dr. Manhattan's dick and Dr. Manhattan having sex <laughs> and Dr. Manhattan getting head from Silk Spectre and so there'd be so much fucking weird sex stuff about Dr. <laughs> but, uh, even, even more than in the Damon Lindelof Watchmen 
I, I was gonna say, even in the day of the Lindelof <laughs> one, they have like multiple Doctor Manhattan like dick jokes. A, a bizarre, awful show. Kevin would blow that out of the water, but he would never show the dick because that would be gay. And you, you know, Kevin's not gay. It would be just out of frame, but there would be like a glowing aura emanating off of it and everyone yes. would be ter terrified yeah. of it. All the other men would be so frightened by the penis. There'd be like multiple instances where he like apparates into a room and the, the guy like covers his hands like, whoa, man, what are you doing? I don't want to see that. Put that thing away. Women would just start drooling when Dr. Manhattan came in the room. <laughs> Um, that reminds me of, uh, one of the, one of the parts that made me, when I was going through this comic, I was just making like, ugh, disgusted noises under my, um, breath a lot. Uh, one moment that really pissed me off was when, um, you know, one of his sidekicks, like Robin or Nightwing or whatever is behind him and, and talking and then Batman turns around and he's gone. And then Batman says, whoa, he pulled a me. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Batman, fuck you. he said so many things that Batman would obviously never say. And it's it's like Ooh. it's like the annoying Joss Whedon approach to superheroes where they all oh, have yeah. to be funny, but it's like even worse. Like it doesn't even have the like patina of cleverness that a Joss Whedon Avengers joke has. It's just <laughs> the most awful, lowbrow, shittiest humor. And it makes no sense for Batman or Nightwing to be doing uh -huh. these these bits. It's so uh, speaking stupid. Of awful, speaking of awful, lowbrow, shitty humor, I'd like to go back to the Watchmen thing for a minute. Uh, okay. The Rorschach <laughs> test scene, except it. instead of, you know, a dog's oh, head. No broken on the uh, yeah. on the uh, sidewalk oh, it's no. kevin the smith weed leaf, says, man. no no that, that's my wife's clit tate brown area oh my god I was about say to pull my dick yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the widening guy or i'm like yeah. rorschach voice but like my dick has been pwned <laughs> something else like, i don't know i can't do good rorschach dialogue, but. um another moment i have to point out uh we also get to see joker get kicked in the balls uh. <laughs> So God, so on, every man. so every female character exists to be horny for Batman. Catwoman shows up to like entice Batman to cheat on his new girlfriend. Her oh, entire role Catwoman. in the story is trying to seduce Batman. And of course she has to put on every different generation of Catwoman costumes as like to show off Kevin's vast knowledge of Batman history and as like a means of seducing Batman. And Poison Ivy, which isn't I mean, it's not totally out of character for Poison Ivy, I guess, but like the whole thing with her is that she's trying to seduce Batman. So it seems like she did this whole plant thing and took over Arkham Asylum just to fuck Batman. Yeah. But also, and she specifically wants him to eat her pussy. Uh, like oh, she yeah, says that she, pretty specifically. Kevin thing again. She just has a strong sense that that uh, Batman has uh, a plus pussy eating skills. Uh, which yeah, she, Kevin she ha has project. to say that. But also, yeah. what's really going on there is that Etrigan, the demon, is there for some reason and yeah. is trying to kill <laughs> Poison Ivy, which I don't understand why that's happening. Well, but, it's because he read, uh, when he was reading um, Alan Moore's Swamp, Swamp thing, thing, he also read the, the short part where Etrigan appears. So that's why. <laughs> and he wanted to write some... Truly dire poetic verse. Oh it's my god. So fucking bad. It's Skip very that. easy it's, to oh. make the rhyming gimmick with Etrigan really bad, but like 
with Kevin. It's very hard like, to make it this bad. Kevin is so fucking long-winded and everything has to be a run-on sentence, so he can't even conceive of writing rhyming verse with any kind of meter or structure. Oh. It's just these long run-on sentences that eventually turn into some kind of half-assed rhyme. It's so bad. And even in the Etrigan thing, he gets to sneak in a bit about murdering pedophiles. Yeah, I... Oh yeah, there's another, there's a pedophile in that scene, but Etrigan eats him. But, but in the midst of all this, where Poison Ivy is apparently fearing for her life because Etrigan's trying to kill her for some reason, I'm not clear on why, uh, she's still preoccupied with trying to seduce Batman. What? Why is it? It's the, because what? the guy that got killed at the beginning with all the, you know, plants growing out of him was using right. poison ivy to make a serum to keep Etrigan suppressed. Oh. It's it's a very long explanation and it's kind of just a stupid rationale. Oh, yeah. And that seems like that's going to be the impetus for whatever the larger story is, because it's the first issue. But it's not. That's just like a one off thing. But 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 even but even while poison ivy like Poison Ivy's whole preoccupation is just trying to fuck Batman when she should be worried about not getting killed by a demon. Well, to be fair, this Etrigan fight does help launch the sort of overarching theme, because the, the overarching plot, because that's when Baphomet shows up with the pot of holy right. water. Right, right. So this is where we're first introduced to Baphomet, who at this time we're just calling the goat head guy. Because he's a mysterious new hero and Batman doesn't know who he is he yet. sucks. Uh, oh, I should mention, since we were talking about uh, Kevin's obsession with Batman being this ideal uh, uh, sexual god or whatever, uh, we, we talked about this in the chat, but the, uh, the, the evil pedophile in the second issue who tries to kidnap a child <laughs> is very fat. And Batman is disgusted by how fat he is and says so. Yeah, what the fuck? Which is a very <laughs> interesting sucks. thing about uh, Kevin's self-esteem uh, snuck in there, which yeah. is just ups just upsetting. Oh. You really hate to see it. Folks, we hate to see that. <laughs> this was Kevin sometime around when he got kicked off that plane for being too fat. Right. And, uh, so oh, th was this was probably so Kevin oh, at, wow. like, his peak. Like, this was... <laughs> Yeah, and he's writing this pedophile character that looks a lot like him, strangely, and <laughs> and Batman, who is like this guy's so fat he's disgusting to me. <laughs> um, I I want to say on, on the topic of Batman, Trev, you were seeing this earlier. I just want to expand on a little bit that I think the thing that stuck out the most was just like how um. How casual of a Batman this I is know. and how his divide between Bruce Wayne and Batman seems to matter very little. There's like part, But he talks about parts it a lot. Where he's talking to <laughs> He talks about it a lot and also like when he when A he, lot of tell telling and not showing in these comics. <laughs> And also when he talks about um, being being Batman or whatever, it sounds like he's just talking about like how he has like, I don't know, um, like tennis practice or something. He's like, ah, oh, sorry, like I can't do it. I, you know, I got to go out and fight crime. You know, I, t I made this promise. I got to do it. It doesn't seem like Batman actually has like any emotional incentive be fighting crime that's like the center of his whole character he really just wants to be on that private caribbean island fucking his beautiful <laughs> girlfriend 
Yeah. And then every so often he's like, ah, gotta fight crime. Batman wastes so yeah. much goddamn jet fuel throughout this story. It <laughs> really pisses me off. Like, he's supposed to be like a conscientious billionaire, right? Like, come on. You, you can't, mm-hmm. like, you can't just, you can't just go to some, like, lake house or something closer by. You have to go every single yeah. day to a private island just to have. The way that Batman is written in this is so weird. It's like, it's very much like an Adam West Batman, but he's also fighting cannibal yes, telepaths who eat adrenochrome oh and God. super pedophiles. Yeah, I was thinking while reading it that like the um the island hangout scenes and stuff like that, like that is something that probably would be entertaining if it was an Adam West version and like the Joker showed up on a surfboard or something. <laughs> but it's not. And we're supposed to take this seriously, and it's just like it's the most Daryl, uh, unbelievable depiction of like a Batman romance story. I've Robin, I've just gotten a call from the commissioner. Funland <laughs> is back at his old habits. You've heard of Funland, right? He's the super pedophile who's been <sighs> who's been scourging <laughs> Gotham's amusement parks, and even worse, he's a fat piece of shit, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, the private island thing is a great opportunity to have uh, Aquaman show up and gawk at. Yeah, I heard you fucking. Yeah, gawk. Yeah, overhearing Batman fucking his girlfriend and gawking at them and making jokes, making fun of him for having sex. Just very weird juvenile stuff that (laughs) there's no need for. I mean. Dolphins are attuned to the signature sound of triple-digit orgasms. Uh. <laughs> when Batman is playing the clit like the swizzle stick flute oh. that it is, it, oh. the, the sound just reverberates through the ocean. Batman, much like Kevin, is an insatiable clit licker. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, um, is there any other like burning desires you guys have to like talk about that's... What the fuck am I saying? Is there anything else that happened? Oh, I've got some burning desires. Oh, uh, a toy man shows up in like this flashback. Another pointless fucking flashback. (laughs) Oh, and and quilt quilt man too. Oh, is that the same guy? Oh, that's crazy quilt. He's at the beginning of issue three, I believe. That's like that's a very Silver Age kind of goofy yeah. uh, villain. The Batman, the Brave and the Bold series, they bring back a lot of really good. So sil- I mean, bring back. It's basically a Silver Age uh, TV show, but uh, oh, that show is so good. It's Check so it good, out yeah. on DC Universe. Check it out on uh, DC Universe. Um, Trevor uses my DC Universe. Yeah, so. I want to thank get on, you, uh, thank DM you, Ted. <laughs> yeah, if you want to use Ted's DC Universe account, just hit me up and I'll yeah. share the info with you. <laughs> Subscribe to the Patreon. A small correction: Crazy Quilt is at the beginning of issue four, not issue three. I was incorrect on that. Oh, I oh, didn't thank even you. hear I you say that. I appreciate your honesty. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. thank you. Oh, I would have, <laughs> I would have nailed you to the fucking cross on that one later, buddy. <laughs> Once, once the toy man shows up in the flashback, uh, Kevin gets to write Superman, which eh, it's not as bad as when he's writing Joker. It's yeah, it's very mid. It doesn't last very long, so then whatever. That, yeah. He calls Robin a little shaver for some reason, like he's a fucking. Does that mean something? I don't. I've never heard that before. That's some kind of old thing. That seems like something an old person would say. I'm not quite sure what it means though. <laughs> Kevin tries to invoke the like classic comics feel in those flashbacks where Batman is like saying chum and uh, uh, Robin's always going holy this or that because it's like we're in the past. People are doing that corny dialogue stuff because it's the old times. 
Yeah, and Automatopoeia also, like, felt very much uh, a reference to, like, the golden or silver age of Batman, whatever yeah. you would call it. If this is something, like, somebody wants, they're they're just going to read all the Grant Morrison stuff. I'm a Grant Morrison fan, but I can admit he's not very good. But Oh, Kevin Smith is also miles. a big Grant Morrison fan. He oh, sure is, yeah. It is miles above this. Even, oh, I think, the the most, like... The biggest Grant Morrison haters would have to admit his sort of obsessive weird shit is not nearly as intrusive as Kevin's. And I will say that the art gets pretty bad at times in Grant Morrison's run, but even at its worst, actually, no, at its worst, it's worse than this. But there's some stinkers in there. Yeah, the the all CG issue is what I'm thinking of. When it comes to writing Batman, Grant Morrison is like fine. He's a perfectly competent writer. He's... He, he's a very weird guy, and his obsessive thing with trying to copy Alan Moore is definitely weird. Well, I, I have one question for you, for you, uh, you DC heads out there. Okay. Uh, I'm not really familiar with how the process works when someone comes in to like, write a comic, like someone like Kevin Smith. And uh, maybe I'm hoping that there's an excuse for Kevin Smith here, but like... Did he have to, like, follow a certain version of Batman or something? Or could he have done, like, I don't know, like an Elseworld, Elsewhere um, take on Batman? Because it seems very strange to me that someone like Kevin Smith would try to do, like, such a serious and, like, like, quote-unquote, like, profound take on Batman when, like, obviously his skills... If he's going to write anything Batman-related, should be something that's more, like, I don't know, casual and, and funny. I, I think this is Kevin trying to be casual and funny. Really? But he's also trying to be really dark and edgy at the same time, though. It's very... Yeah, it's like yeah. he's trying to do, like, the ultimate Batman story, where it encompasses uh, everything, all the versions of the character. Uh, right, uh, it's like Adam West, but it's also the new stuff. He will do uh, things that no sure. one has ever done before. Batman will have a fulfilling social relationship. Batman will have a fulfilling <laughs> romantic relationship. It's all here. I'm not sure how much this is meant to fit into any continuity, but I think this came during that same weird time, kind of before uh, New Fifty Two, right yeah. before New Fifty Two started, where every. All the continuity was just a mess. Shit was all over the place. I don't know if there was mm-hmm. any guiding principle at the time. Like ba- Batman was splitting off in in to in all different ways with different writers and like it was only I think when New 52 started they retconned a lot of stuff and tried yeah. to streamline it again. And then did the same thing again like 5 years later. I'll go out on a limb and say like I don't know the exact details but I think Kevin could have done whatever he wanted and this is what he chose yes. to do. Yeah, that's what I Could I'm just call it an Elseworlds thing if he wanted to get uh-huh. really weird with it. But I think Kevin felt so like reverent or whatever that he wanted it to feel yeah. like a proper uh, Batman arc. Yeah, what, yeah, what this reminds me that. of in terms of its like approach to being in a specific continuity is the contemporary, the contemporaneous series uh, Batman Odyssey, in which Neil Adams, like legendary Batman artist, uh, wrote mm. a story where Batman goes into the Hollow Earth. Hell yeah! <laughs> cool. That's so cool. Uh, yeah, and he spends so- a lot of it like naked, narrating to an unseen figure so he's like <laughs> looking into the camera with his shirt off and neil adams is just going to town on batman's hairy chest honestly that sounds mm-hmm. awesome to me i'd want to check is. that out 
I yeah. I love Batman doing like weird outlandish stuff that doesn't fit into like the modern version of like I'll I'll take I'll take that over like Scott Snyder doing like another boring lame like Batman fights the Joker again. It's even darker this time. Like any. Hey, guess what's in the Hollow Earth? Dinosaurs. Batman gets to hang out with dinosaurs in this. Uh Oh, I know. I know about the Hollow Earth, buddy. Don't worry. (laughs) All right. um, Before before we get uh, too into the Hollow Earth. Weeds. Ke- Have Trevor. you heard about the concave Earth? <laughs> Trevor is a. There's Hollow actually Earth a lot believer. more to cut. Co- no, I'm talking about the Hollow Earth in the DC continuity, which yeah, like, but you do believe in it in real life. Oh yeah, well, so there's. Wow. I, I, I could spend <laughs> again, all day contrasting the real the life Trevor's Hollow Earth Hollow with Earth. the fictional Hollow Earth. But. Well, Trev, Trev <laughs> believes in the Hollow Earth, and I believe in the flat Earth, and that's where we kind of we have a conflict. I believe uh, in the round Earth, but there's two of them, and it looks like a butt squished together. All right, anyway, look, um, <laughs> we're we're over an hour in, and yeah. frankly, there's a lot more to talk about. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the thing. Uh, we have which, gotten like ten pages uh, into it. issue two at this point in the. There's, I mean, uh, we can skip ahead if Ted wants to finish explaining the plot, but, um... Well, there's only one, the the only thing really left is that, um, Baphomet ends up being Onomatopoeia, who gains Batman trust, and then kills his girlfriend. For some stupid reason, because he decides to be so trusting... Knowing so little about who Baphomet is, despite following home, knowing where he lives, whatever, invites him back to the Batcave to like hang out and shows get like reveals his true identity, lets him meet his girlfriend and uh, fiance. Guess what? Yeah, his fiance now. But guess what? It's actually the bad guy from the previous comic series, and he did all this just to trick you, and he kills his girlfriend. Kills her, and that is the final page. You don't know what happens after that. That was supposed to be the big cliffhanger between volume one and volume two, (laughs) but volume two never happened. Uh. So there's so much about all of that that doesn't make any sense. Like (laughs) Batman is so not cautious about like, oh, oh, and but they make a whole big deal out of him being very cautious and not trusting people or whatever. And, and his thing is like, oh, maybe I'm wrong. I'll just bring this yeah, fucking random. I'll bring him back about. to the Batcave. I'll show him my... Doesn't like slowly introduce it by degrees. It's just like, well, it's time. You're in the club now. I'm going to take you to the Batcave, tell you who I am, and introduce you to my fiance all at once. Now I'll just turn around. I hope you don't do anything fucked up behind my back while I'm looking the other way. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. It sucks. I have some stuff that can, we can lead into Kevin's receipts with because nice. this is, uh, you know, ex- extra textual. Um, so first off, I want to say that I completely have I, I don't know the comic review industry, but I'm giving up hope in it immediately because apparently <laughs> um, Cacophony um, was largely well received. Uh, Jesus Christ. Least. <laughs> um, and it quotes specifically here, Jesse Sheedon of IGN felt Oh, IGN. Um, that uh, it had a good script comparing Smith to Grant Morrison, saying <sighs> Smith on. manages to find a fresh voice for one of the industry's most heavily exposed characters. <laughs> I, um, I, so uh, I, I heavily exposed, given what Joker says he saw in that yeah. final issue of <laughs> Cacophony. 
primo pun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he said that Flanagan's art sometimes varied in trying to portray the Joker's emotions. It's Very true. So generous. I have something here that, um, you know, if we have any true sickos listening right now that want to hear some like awful, horrifying shit. Um, let, let me read, let right me read this out for you. <laughs> um, so this is, if you want to take a side mission, here you go. Um, in honor of his annual trip to San Diego Comic-Con, Smith has dramatized each of the three issues of the Cacophony no. series no, come on. during special what? episodes of his, po- of his podcast, oh Hollywood God. Babylon, <laughs> entitled Hollywood Babylon Comic-Con Theater, <laughs> primarily performed by his co-host Ralph of Garman. Who, Ugh, I hate that who, fucking guy. Ralph Garman, who uses several of his better-known impressions to represent the main characters. Uh, (laughs) um, Garman's voicing of the main characters included the quote-unquote voices of Adam West Batman, uh, Ed Wynn Joker, who I'm not sure which Joker that is, uh, Sean Connery as Commissioner Gordon, and he does a, apparently a very funny Al Pacino uh, impression it's for the terrible. character Maxi Zeus. Oh my god! Remember the scene with him in Yoga Hosers where he's playing the not underground Nazi guy, and he just does That's a right. series of impressions for no reason, and they fucking suck. He does like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Pacino and Stallone, and they're all fucking shitty impressions. Smith acted as the omniscient narrator and voice of Anna Metapia in both episodes, Ugh. which must just be hilarious. Christ. In the first episode, an audience member was brought up to cover several other minor characters' roles. In the second episode, Smith brought over uh, his friend and... Uh, his friend Kyle, who I don't know, but he also brought on a few other people, including Jason Mewes. Hey. <laughs> Jason Mewes to voice most of the female characters. Oh my god, you fucking sick fuck, Kevin. Because, because, because deep down, what's really happening, whether whether literally in real life in his marriage or just in Kevin's mind, he's being constantly cupped by Jason Hughes, <laughs> he has to constantly humiliate him and like uh fucking feminize him for the yeah. public. Would you view. fuck me, Batman? I'd Just, fuck me. Oh my god. He can't fucking stop. It's so disgusting. And of course, this is also another instance where Kevin is like driving humor from the idea of, you know, it's it's a guy playing a girl. So I'm going to also toss this one into the the Kevin has weird uh, trans issues bucket. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it belongs there as well. Very much so. Yeah. I'm still not sure what's going on with that penguin line. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Wait, which line? I probably skipped it. There's a line where... (laughs) When Silver is talking about how Batman made her come 11 times uh, to Alfred and Alfred's all embarrassed or whatever, he Alfred, for some reason, mentions a time when Batman was 15 and had sex with a a med school student, uh, which is supposed to be like likely not supposed to be a funny story. uh, (laughs) But it's like um and then Batman is like, oh, man, that's not the worst part. And she's like, what? Are you going to tell me that the med student was Poison Ivy? And he goes like, worse, she was Penguin. 
jeez. Uh, it's like and again putting it in the same bucket. What is, but, but, but what does that even mean? Well, because first of all, Penguin's not a doctor. He has no medical background that we've ever heard of. S- second of all, is this meant to imply? Because they do refer to this uh, person as she when talking about the story. So is this meant to imply that Penguin used to be a woman and was a female med student before transitioning into being a male supervillain? Or I think we're putting more it, it, thought into this than Kevin did. Is it just 100%. saying, or is it just trying to do a little gay dig at Batman? Like, like the joke is like, <laughs> oh, one time I fucked a man. And like the an same adult way, man, which is another like gay pedophile thing that yeah, I also really like, get into. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm honestly, I'm honestly it. shocked that he didn't have tons of weird Batman, Robin, gay things in this. I would have yeah. expected a lot of that, but uh, <laughs> this was kind of the closest he got to that whole uh, territory. <laughs> but Ugh. like, what is the joke? It doesn't make any fucking sense. And also, is this supposed to suggest that that actually happened? Or is this Batman's way of making a joke? And if Batman's the one making the joke, what the fuck is the joke? What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> uh, I, we'll, we'll close off this section by, uh, by, by saying this part. Um, it was stated that the next Comic-Con theater episodes would be for the widening gyre. Uh. But that has not happened yet. Instead, they have dramatized their, this is like the two co- the two hosts, whatever his buddy's name is, um, their co-written a Batman 66 meets Green Hornets on Fat Man on Batman. Was going to mention mm-hmm. that. Uh, mm. I didn't want to include that because we already so I had, never heard of that. We already had so much to talk about in this, so I wanted to keep it just these two. But more recently, he did co-write that Batman 66 meets Green Hornet series, which I'm sure is just a laugh riot. And uh, well, and if you wanna, if if you wanna hear how funny it is, um, apparently it, it has been dramatized by the two of them. I don't know if it's out on the podcast. Well, yet. don't do that. But uh, so, <laughs> so, sooner or later, uh, we're gonna have to talk about it on the pod. Rose probably won't read it, but that's fine. We'll talk about it anyway. I'll listen to it. Um, I'll listen <laughs> to it. That sounds like an so much worse. Yeah. Oh, we still didn't get to talk <laughs> about the telepathic cannibal. Talk about the telepathic cannibal. Let's hear it. What's your take? Uh, there's this telepathic cannibal guy who is just straight out of Q posts about adrenochrome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Sh- show this this comic to like any QAnon person, and they will lose their fucking mind. <laughs> this is so full of secret signals to them; it's insane. And like this character in particular really brought it to my attention that Walt Flanagan is a fucking mouth freak. He is oh my- just oh in love with drawing just the horrendous teeth there's so many fucked up faces i was gonna mention that because i was talking about how like they managed to make the art look more passable using the color or inking or something and widening gyre but there's so many instances of just ridiculously drawn faces that make no sense also i have to say his relationship with baphomet (laughs) is probably a more believable romantic relationship than his relationship with Silver. Because, yeah. like, yeah. there's so much... I, I, there's more sexual tension between a them. Bro, a whole bromance. Batman is so so scandalized when Baphomet takes off his mask in front of him. That's, a, that's such a, a, a trusting action. Yeah, it's very <laughs> weird how freaked out Batman gets about it. And then also, the same thing happens with Robin later, and Robin's equally freaked out about it. And it's like... 
what the fuck is with you guys? Like, it's not, <laughs> it doesn't seem that weird, especially because most, uh, like, other superhero, like, this guy isn't, like, some famous billionaire. Like, like if ba- yeah. like what is the harm in Batman seeing his face? Like I don't understand. Like what is what's it doesn't really tell you anything. And also like if I were him, I would assume that Batman has already followed me home and knows my identity and everything because he's the world's greatest detective. So I wouldn't even it. Why even bother hiding your true identity from him? I don't know. Very weird stuff. It's uh it's time for Kevin's receipts and um. We have yet another guest who has brought their own receipts. Neil. Brought a little show and tell for the class. This is a post from June 10th, 2017 from that Kevin Smith on Instagram. Oh, Batman, my Batman. I'm standing on my chair to honor hashtag Adam West. The man's portrayal of costume justice made me want to be a good person when I was a boy. The hashtag Adam West Batman was my first Batman at age four. My first Batman. performance was campy to most, <laughs> but to me, that's who true, how true heroes spoke. A lifelong love of the character started with Mr. West's interpretation of what he called, instead of the Dark Knight, the Bright Knight. He brought joy to a somber character and a capitalized fatherly tone to a TV role model. <laughs> and I was lucky enough to meet Adam many times, including the day at, at Stanley Comic Con, and superfan at Ralph Garman and I hosted Adam. Boy Wonder hashtag Burt Ward and movie cat ma- and movie cat woman hashtag Lee Merriweather where we took oh. this pic. He was pure love and joy. She's not in the picture, by the way. Uh, it's <laughs> kind of weird that <laughs> he mentions her, but she's not in the picture. Sorry, go on. He remained my icon, my hero, even in adulthood, as well as a real life role model for interacting with fans. Adam loved his fans, especially hashtag Ralph Garman, who worked tirelessly to get Adam a star in the at official Hollywood Walk of Fame. Gotta gotta tag them (laughs) into this. He's not gonna at Ralph Garman, but he will at the official Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah, just hashtag. Oh no, he did. He did. He added him earlier. And then when he mentions him the Ah. second time, he gave him a hashtag (laughs) for SEO purposes. (laughs) And the real reason why I brought this in. Farewell, Cape Crusader. Off to superhero heaven you go, where all you rascally rogues are ready to see you again. Atomic batteries to power, turbines to speed, heart to broken. Hashtag Kevin Smith, hashtag Adam West, hashtag Batman, hashtag forever Batman, hashtag rip, hashtag legend. Hashtag icon. Hashtag icon. You gotta get all those relevant hashtags in there. Wow, that's beautiful. Heart, heart, heart to broken. <laughs> that's just, just, a, just a lovely sentiment. Oh, heart. <laughs> Hashtag and shit. <laughs> oh wait, I almost forgot about the one you sent me, which feels very relevant to this, which is just a, uh, a screenshot of Kevin's text with his brother where they're talking about Batman's dick. Ah uh, oh. yes, I'm gonna pull up that one. <laughs> Early morning text from my brother regarding Batman's dick. This would have been around the time of the publication of... It was one of the first big black label uh, DC productions, which was oh, like, you know, it's right. mature the, readers, the, it's uncensored. The Azzarello one where uh, Batman's dick yeah. showed up, but then they later removed it. He did have a good reason to be talking about Batman's dick in his defense. Yeah. It wasn't just... They, they didn't... He wasn't just think. I mean, he's usually <laughs> thinking about it, but... He has an excuse this yes. time. 
I don't have the heart to tell him I'm the writer who once made the bat wet himself. Oh, oh, His brother doesn't know that? Your brother doesn't <laughs> even read your work, man? Further, further evidence uh, that Ted is wrong, that he tried to falsely slander Frank Miller... Claim that he was the my one bad. I thought I thought there was something like that in there. Okay, oh, we can't God. always be perfectly correct all the time. Do you think I wake up to see the Cape Crusaders? Dick Grayson, LOL, didn't think. Oh. And from Kevin, Batpole, Cowled Monster, Cut Crusader, Super Friend, the Knight's Dork. Yeah, those are all his hilarious the names for the, for the penis. <laughs> yeah, I, I also tried to re. I tried. I tried to listen to the many uh, Batman movie audio commentaries that Kevin did, but the experience of listening to Kevin Smith audio content, I I got it's, farther in with the four-hour Fat Man uh, Grant Man on Batman cut, which is all the episodes where Grant Morrison goes on Fat Man on Batman. What? And that oh that's listenable because it's basically mostly Grant saying things that Kevin didn't write, and Kevin Smith's. Just like, oh, man. Oh, for sure, man. It's like uh, my good friend uh, Dom Griffin, who does Armchair Auteur on YouTube and was on the most recent episode of Mature Listeners talking about Grant Morrison's Zoom Patrol. He called it Soy Face Batman, which is funny <laughs> because looking through ah! uh, Kevin's history of like Batman posting, his his preferred picture face is not the soy face. It's him with this like weird hangdog look and bugged out eyes, just staring into the camera oh, <laughs> like a yeah. like a child in one of those like for a for the price of a cup of coffee a day, you can yeah. give this old man his plastic toys. Ke Kevin has his own uh, signature soy face. He doesn't do the red. It's that Ke face he makes when he wants cuddles, food, or sex. <laughs> That's oh, exactly what it is. Uh, someone on someone on Twitter sent us a, a, a picture of them doing uh, what they called the Kevin like uh, the Kevin face, basically, which is just like a droopy dog look, uh, staring <laughs> like straight bug eye into the camera. He always like looks sad. It's a very sad uh. looking face, but he does it in such a it's it's such a manic sort of way like so exaggerated where he's trying to look exciting it's very it creeps me out i don't like it just just look like a fucking person so uh before we sign off i just had to do this because this was sent to us by so many people and when i saw it i i let out a huge groan i was like i'm, I'm realizing kevin is is um you know, he's uh, kind of a, a Trump-like figure or even a Biden-like figure where, like, I keep on – somehow I keep on being surprised by, like, how low he goes. Yes. Um, so, on, so Kevin – at that Kevin Smith, 3.17 p.m., September 9th, um, you'll remember this is the day when the Dune trailer came out. Kevin retweets the Dune trailer, and he says – the spice must flow, and it all just flowed out of my underwear after watching this at Dune movie trailer. This haunting, epic glimpse of a future Best Picture win winner will not fade, spelled F-E-Y-D, assuming it's a Dune thing, yeah. from my memory anytime soon. I know what I'm Dune on opening nights. Why, why would you do this? Why do you feel the need to say that? What's what is I it? He it. just keeps doing this to us. <laughs> what the, doing this? The, yeah. The, what's the what's the the joke? Like he's. Do, 
He said the D word. Underwear. But, but yeah. why? Um, I'm to glad to see end? that most of the reactions. I'm glad to see that most of the reactions here are like fiercely negative. Uh, this was not a well received uh, Kevin tweet. <laughs> Uh, I'm seeing, uh, you know, the I am in hell, help me guy. I'm seeing, you know, Tommy Lee Jones looking judgmental from the newspaper. All, all the classics. Okay, uh, just uh, like a public service announcement. Uh, when you see these uh, Kevin Smith make a terrible post, don't fucking send it to me. I'm gonna send it see to it. Trevor uh, at Trevor Combo on Twitter. Don't send it to Rose or the, the official send, account send, at send Trevor Combo on Twitter. For, no, hell, send it to me server. at fucking Alphamare. I love him. <laughs> yeah, send, it to, send it to the We Need Talk With Kevin account. Well, well, Don't send it to my for, personal. First of, all, first of all, Rose has probably already seen it and posted it and shared <laughs> the post with me. Uh, so I've already, so I've already seen it, and I don't need everybody else to send it to me too. All right. Yeah. I usually call Trevor up on the phone and like read it to him. I'm like, hey, did you see this tweet? Yeah. And he's like, shut up. And I, yeah, it, yeah. If you see a bad Kevin Smith tweet, go ahead and go to Talking Kevin on Twitter to see if Rose has already retweeted, which she probably has. And even if she hasn't, still don't send it to me. I don't want to see it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to go out and say like this is one of the hardest things that I've had to do for this podcast just because reading is something that you have to do you can't just sit there and let it happen to you so yeah very difficult don't recommend uh, looking at these books don't recommend reading Neil yeah, thanks so much for coming on the pod we've been talking about doing this for a long time I'm sure we'll have Hell you yeah. back to talk about more bad comics oh man I can't wait till we uh, read the even worse Kevin Smith comics where he tries to handle the issue of sexual assault Oh. Well, clearly we gotta read those Green Arrow comics so we can get the full saga of this onomatopoeia character. Yeah, that's something uh, we have yep. to do. That's something that we've, uh, we've we, that's what we've gotta do. It's required of all of us, especially Rose. <laughs> do you wanna plug uh, anything else before we go? You can find me at F-U-C-K-I-N-A-L-P-A-M-A-R-E. You can find the show at TalkSpall. That's the uh, account for both uh, Spall Talk, which is currently on hiatus since my brother, who I did the show with, doesn't have a working microphone. Uh, we're currently doing Mature Listeners with my co-host at the Shane Blep, T-H-E-S-H-A-N-E-B-L-E-P. You can find my music at neiljacoby.bandcamp.com. That's N-I-E-L-J-A-C-O-B-Y.bandcamp.com. And that should be about it. Oh, by the way, it was Hell my birthday yeah. yesterday, so... Oh, oh no shit, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, I spent so much time reading these uh, Batman <laughs> comics that uh, <laughs> I had to push back an episode of my own podcast where we're finally going to finish Grant Morrison's Doom oh Patrol. Well, three of the four of us are all having birthdays within the same general two-week span, but it's I true. will not say which three. <laughs> It was, it was my birthday. Last it was Rose's yeah. birthday, and there was it, another wasn't birthday. My birthday. Not going to so say map that out. If you map that out on a matrix, don't, it, don't it's figure not my it out. Birthday. Don't do the it was math. Meals. Don't it was roses. Don't. Who could be left? This is not a riddle. Do not try to solve it. Uh, don't tell me if you figured it out. Uh, the riddler would if solve. you figure out the riddler at uh, Trevor Combo on Twitter. Yeah, uh, I am at Trevor Combo on Twitter. If you like hearing <laughs> us complain about bad Batman stuff, but would like to hear less cum jokes and stuff. And please, want to pay us for it. Yes, please go to the link to the Patreon page, which will exist by the time this episode comes out. <laughs> Subscribe for $5 a month or more than that. If you're rich, don't worry. I'll be including a special tier for rich people uh, to get the same <laughs> benefits for more money. 
and uh, you can have access to our brand new Batman Be Gone mini series. It's going to be very cool. Uh, we've been working really hard on it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so uh, yes. thank you Podcasting for listening. Is very difficult work. Yeah, it's it, we b- because we're actually charging people money for this. Uh, I'm trying to put a little bit more effort and care into making it a cool product. Uh, so uh, I hope that people like it. And uh, that's all I've got. Uh, not to overstep my bounds, but would it be all right if I sent us off with another Joker line? Please, dude. <laughs> Might as well. Neil, please. please. Yeah. I am Jesus. I am Moses. I am Lucifer the Fallen. I am Elijah. I'm the beatified bones of dancing Don Rickles, and I'm gonna eat your babies. Suck thick veiny lead, you bourgeois latte holics. And I'm Ted. Night, everybody. Bye. Good night.